0: Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike can Mike go
1: to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen wisely.
0: You've got to remember that Mike and Mike are just simple farmers. These are people of the land, the common clay of the New West. You know, morons. It's Mike and (laughs) Michael in the movies. Uh, My name is Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man who asks that uh, when I bring him out, can I introduce him as Torquemada? Do not beg him for mercy. Takamata, do not ask him for forgiveness. Let's face it, you can't talk about uh, anything. Hey, Waka Waka. Good job, Mike. Mike's appreciated. That is uh, one of my all time favorite jokes. (laughs)
2: When you you were doing the first part, I was like, I wonder if he'll say yes to introduce him as Grand Inquisitor Takamata. And I'm very glad that's where you went. 'Cause that is absolutely one of the favorite the best bits of anything ever in history.
0: Yes. <laughs> so it's Mike and I go to the movies. We've been doing these uh these bonus episodes uh here and there, uh really every week since quarantine started, uh, because there's been no new movies being released, uh thanks to quarantine stuff uh now it seems like some movies will be uh the word came through today that uh, Tenet the Christopher Nolan movie that basically like all of the movie theater industry essentially hinges on now um <laughs> it seems like yeah uh basically everything is riding on Tenet at this point uh and like a week ago uh they announced that it was taken off the calendar indefinitely no one was really sure when it was going to come out now they announced that it's actually gonna be released in foreign countries earlier like in like Europe and Canada and stuff, they're releasing Tenet on August 26th uh, because those countries have really done a good job of slowing the spread of coronavirus and are able to reopen their movie theaters uh, and in some, in some cases already have. I think China already has opened theirs and stuff. Uh, so tenant's going to be able to be released overseas and then it'll be opening in select theaters in the U.S. on Labor Day weekend is what they say now. I don't think that will happen <laughs> because, yeah. because everything is terrible. but. That's what they're saying right now. I mean, as far as tenet goes, Mike, I mean, I know, like, we both want to see the movie. It's a new Christopher Nolan thing, and we're like, yeah. I, I, really want to see it. I think it looks incredible. And I saw the uh, the six minute prologue of that movie that came out uh, with the rise of Skywalker and the IMAX uh, showing, and like right. just that just that six minutes looked awesome. Like I was in, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, but I want to be able to, you know, actually see it in a like a good theater i want to have a good theatrical experience if i if i'm able to go see it in a theater uh and i don't think that's going to be possible in the in the u.s for a while at least which is unfortunate
2: yeah no uh, not at all this is the stupidest fucking idea and not even like oh because we're gonna get it later like that's whatever like just yeah the idea of forcing this release to happen this year is incredibly irresponsible and stupid and i don't give a shit anymore like what i don't i don't care I'll see Tenet whenever I can see Tenet, uh, like, comfortably and safely. Like, even if I have to just wait and watch it at home... Because it came out in theaters already. Uh I don't I don't really care anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Like and even in the countries where they have mean like uh you know, controlled this, asking people to now sit inside together closely for, you know, two plus hours is the stupidest idea ever. Um <laughs> so I, we'll see, I guess, you know? Yeah. I uh, mean that, that's kind of my thoughts today. When I saw that they had this thing, I was like, I don't I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> like I'm
0: out of I'm out of fucks uh out about, of fucks, about yeah. this particular situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it is weird one and i and i personally think it won't come out at that time anyway i think it's another another situation where they're gonna pull it and push it back again and again uh and we'll see what happens uh i i kind of i mean i like you know bill and ted face music on the other hand uh, they announced that movie is coming to video on demand now uh on september 1st Mm -hmm. and i think it's supposedly still opening in select theaters or whatever is open uh right now but for the most part like most people are going to see that at home now, uh, which makes sense. And also that's a movie that has a much lower budget than Tenet, you know, so it's not as Mm -hmm. like important for it to make back its money, I guess. But yeah, even so, it's just it's all it's all weird stuff. So hopefully I mean, hopefully we'll be able to just review Bill and Ted face the music when that comes out, at least September 1st. Very, very excited about it. Yeah, Uh, I was really looking forward to seeing that movie in a theater because you know, Bill and Ted, like I I think we talked about this in an episode of the show a couple weeks ago when I made you watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like I love those two movies and have always wanted to see the third one in a theater, like a packed crowd of like Bill and Ted fans. Uh, if that were to happen, but uh, yeah, it's just it does not seem like it's in the cards, which is uh, which is unfortunate. No, nope. uh, but that's the way it are, it's the way it is now in COVID times. Everything's topsy turvy <laughs> and really terrible. Uh, but how you doing, Mike? How, how's life been treating you for the last like week or so? Uh,
2: I mean, it's fine. I I got my I have my new response, uh, which was from the SparkNotes Twitter account, which is actually ten out of ten if you're into literature memes, you okay. are fucking hilarious. Uh, but they had one that was, "How am I doing?" Oh, you know, just been forced uh f- feel like I've been chained to a mountainside and forced to have my liver eaten by an eagle day after day, uh, which, of course, is, you know, Prometheus, this, the story of Prometheus. Uh, yes, from, we all know myth. that, um. of course. Like I said, literature <laughs> memes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. It's just kind of the same waking nightmare over and over again. But, oh, you know, to some degree, it's bad. Some degree, it's fine at some points, you know, kind of like Vin <laughs> talked about last week. Uh, we are sort of the type of people that are kind of t- tailor-made for this lifestyle yeah uh, it's just <laughs> that you know capitalism still exists
0: and that makes this lifestyle really hard yeah i mean it's it's been uh it's been rough and you know i uh my family was supposed to come out to visit in uh, in august like there was a very much on the fence visit from new york to montana over the last few weeks and then finally they pulled the plug Uh, so that that's not happening anymore Uh, and actually I think the reason they pulled the plug like a few days before New York actually added Montana to its list of states not to travel to (laughs) Uh, yeah which which has been I mean the cases have been uh, have been rising in Montana still like we keep getting like record-breaking days of like oh and now we've crossed this amount of cases or whatever Uh, and it's still like you know I think our record high is like 237 cases and like added in a day uh, which is a lot Mm -hmm. less than other states have had to deal with Uh, but again Montana a lot less people so it's it's a little different yeah
2: percentage uh, wise yeah uh, i wonder how much what, what that equals to
0: and so i i mean i've been out here and there uh to like outdoor type stuff uh that that i can guarantee that i'm a good amount away from other people uh like centerfield cinema i've talked about on this podcast before uh which is you know movies in the scoreboard at Oakland park which is the uh minor league baseball stadium near my house in montana uh mm-hmm. they show movies there and you have like these socially distanced squares that you're kind of like walking through and it's all like it's it's just it's a very good environment to do it in. Uh and you know I've right. done I went to the drive-in for the first time in like 4 years uh <laughs> the other day uh which was kind of nice I saw the original ghostbusters that was pretty cool. Uh so yeah, I've been That's trying awesome. to, been trying to do as much like stuff as I can within the realm of social distancing and stuff. Like still trying to maintain mm-hmm. distance and keep wearing the mask wherever everywhere, everywhere I go and All that stuff. It's been stressful, man. It it can be stressful.
2: For sure. I I talked about last week, I had my first uh, social engagement this weekend. Yeah, Uh, you did. Yeah, my friends got married. uh, So congratulations to Dave and Val. And uh, they had the wedding party. A lot of people are supposed to be in the wedding party over to their house afterwards. Yeah. Uh, And man that sure is a lot of people, you know, uh, to be in a backyard. Uh, there's easily 20 people maybe 25. Uh, and you know, only a handful of us had masks on cause we right. were drinking and there was food and stuff. Uh, so I gotta, you know, s- spend some time with like a small group of people that i like I'm comfortable with and I know have been quarantining correctly. Uh, you know, a tight group of friends. And yeah, after about two hours, I made a plate of food and took it home with me. <laughs> I was like, I have had enough. I have done it. I have uh, checked off my social requirement for the next four months like I, it's been every four months this will be what i do now i guess um, <laughs> so uh, i mean it was nice it was really nice to see everybody and it was fun like you know hang out uh, outside and talk to my friends again uh, right producer colin was there so that was cool see see colin um, nice but yeah so that was fun but otherwise i was like you know what i've I'm done i'm topped off because uh, <laughs> was a lot of people i'm so, good i'm just gonna here,
0: go back to my basement and watch some movies <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I got plenty of Mel Brooks
2: movies to watch.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, that's what we're doing today. We're doing another uh, edition of uh, Let's Rank. Uh, we've done Star Wars movies in the past and we've done Pixar movies now. Uh, we kind of needed something to do this week because we we keep talking about doing a full review of The Last of Us Part 2, the, uh, the new video game which came out back in June. Uh, it's, it's been like a full month since it's, been, since it's been released now. You've played through the whole thing. We have producer Colin lined up as a guest whenever we do it uh, because he's played through the whole thing and he wants to talk about it. I am the one hold out who is taking a really long time <laughs> playing the game <laughs> Uh, it is a very long game we don't blame you it is a long game and uh you know i only play you know i I feel like you guys like marathon through it as quickly as you could and for me the situation's a little different where it's like you know i have a person living with me and we have one tv and i don't want to like hog the entire thing for hours on end like if we're gonna do something i want to like share it like watch a movie or a tv show or you know play a two-player game or something and with the last of us that's a very intense game that i want like complete isolation for anyway (laughs) um yeah so as of right now i am like mid way through day three of the second part of the game and I think I can say that without going into spoilers basically right so yeah like without saying what the second part of the game is and stuff like that there's a a lot of stuff to spoil in the last of us part two basically uh but I am like about midway through day three of the second part of the game so how much more would you say I have to go through Mike before I finish
2: uh, you're, you're in the home stretch. I'd say you're, you're very close. There okay. is uh six to 10 more hours. Okay. On, maybe. So depending so on how long,
0: because yeah. so, w- w- the funny so thing is maybe. I have absolutely,
2: yeah, it's, it's really hard to judge because, uh, I beat the game in about 22 hours and then while Colin uh, was playing it, we were, you know, he was kind of texting me. He played it like, he started it like a couple of days after me. So like I had, was already had a, a decent lead. Uh, and, he was taking about double the length of time as I took. So I have no <laughs> idea um, what the actual like how close you are in terms of like a time frame. But you're close. You're getting
0: to the end. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really digging the game. I think it's incredible. Like I, I'm already like this is a masterpiece like of like i'm i'm pretty much at that level so far but i still got to finish it uh and so hopefully if i can get it through with it this week we can review it next week for the podcast otherwise we'll be doing some discussions i guess but this week because i couldn't finish the last of us part (laughs) two we decided hey let's do a let's rank we did star wars we did pixar movies we were kind of brainstorming ideas a little bit and then you decided hey how about five mel brooks movies and i was like Yeah, that'll be fun because we're we're both big Mel Brooks fans. And I feel like we don't talk about that that much in the podcast. But I think Mel Brooks is a pretty like like formative thing for the both of us in terms of just like stuff that like, you know, comedies that we've loved forever since we were kids and things like that. Uh, And so that's I think it's a good choice, especially because, uh, a. We've got uh, Transylvania six 5, coming up on the uh, on the Goldbloom podcast, which is directed by Rudy DeLuca, who worked with Mel Brooks a lot, co-wrote like four of his movies, including like silent movie and I think High Anxiety. Uh, he like appears in a couple of roles in Mel Brooks movies. He plays uh, the guy who is uh, like the robot next to Pizza the Hut and Spaceballs. Uh, okay. <laughs> he's, yep. he's like, or else pizza is going to go out for you. <laughs> that's that that's the guy who directed Transylvania 65000 which we'll be talking about next week on the Goldblum podcast and also because uh Carl Reiner uh, just passed away uh, at the age of I think 91 and Carl uh, Reiner and Mel Brooks go back a very 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 long time uh actually when Carl Reiner died I I like went down a little bit of a rabbit hole of just watching old YouTube clips of them performing on TV in the 50s uh doing like you know the 5,000 year old man thing and all that stuff and uh, it's just it's the best. They were so good together. And uh, when Carl Reiner died, there's a lot of remembrances of his work. And Carl Reiner did a lot of incredible work. He directed a lot of Steve Martin movies, uh, including like The Jerk, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid and The Man with Two Brains and all of me. And, you know, he had a lot of like great. St- I mean, he co-created the Dick Van Dyke show and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, Carl Reiner's work is really great. But it got me like just down a Mel Brooks rabbit hole for it <laughs> because they were such good friends. Yeah. And so when you mentioned, hey, let's do top five Mel Brooks movies, I was like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, so, <laughs> you know,
2: the actual uh, impetus for that was uh, producer Colin. He was in our group chat we have with our friends and asked what we think of the ending of a certain movie. He asked what we think of a certain ending uh, of a movie. And uh, we were all like, what? This is, you know, it was kind of like actually a little bit of a discussion about the ending of this movie. And it turns out one of his friends, his other friends, uh, thinks that the ending absolutely ruins the entire movie. And we oh, were really? just absolutely baffled by that. Yeah, and I'll mention it, uh, if, it if it comes up, uh, the like which movie it was. And, okay. Uh, so then it kind of started talking about like, well, this is my favorite and this is my favorite, but I love this bit. It's like we I had already sort of thought of this a little bit, like a couple of days before that. Yeah. And then you were like, "Do you have any ideas?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck
0: it, let's do Mel Brooks." And yeah. Here we are. So here we are. We're doing Mel Brooks for the next edition of Let's Rank. Uh, all the theme songs you're going to hear this episode, including the Let's Rank theme song, you'll hear in a minute, was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own. Podcast. Podcast themes at Kyle's Podcast Themes at Gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Jacob Honeycutt or at Jacob Honey on Twitter. And if you ever want to contact us, you can respond to something we did in the show, email us over at Mike movies at Gmail.com. So now, without further ado, let's get right into it. It's time to do some Let's Rank. All right, it's time to do some Let's Rank. So basically, here's how it works. Mike and I each picked a top five for our favorite Mel Brooks movies. Of all time. And uh, I i will tell you, I considered like throw it in just like some random like joke ones. Like my number three would be like the elephant man because he produced that movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we didn't talk about is it is Mel Brooks involved or Mel Brooks
0: directed? <laughs> right. I feel like it's directed. I, I, I took it. To, I took it to mean that he directed the movie. Yes. Uh, okay, or good, or is glad. at least like the star of the movie or something like that. You know, something where you can definitively say that's a Mel Brooks movie, <laughs> you know. You're going to pick robots at number five. I had considered it. I was <laughs> thinking about throwing in robots Wait. there. Uh, but no. Have I told you the long-running joke with producer Colin and robots? I I've th- had to have explained this I th- to you, right? I think you have mentioned it on the podcast before, yes. But he has, like, robots okay. on DVD in like, a uh, in a slipcase, right?
2: Yeah, he has this giant binder of DVDs, and uh, he have, robots is in there for some reason. And it's the, some long story about, like, a free... When Blockbuster was closing, kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> they were just like giving out movies. Uh, but we always made fun of him for having like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a Full Metal Jacket, and Robots, <laughs>
0: like all that stuff.
2: <laughs> and there's a, a running bit that it's his favorite movie. So Colin, uh, stand by, maybe Robots will make it on the list.
0: You never know. Did you guys watch Robots together at some point? Is uh, is what I'm asking. Also, I honestly don't even remember. <laughs> I don't know if we ever even watched it. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I definitely saw Robots at some point. Like I saw the movie for sure. Oh, I've seen uh, I've seen robots. I don't know okay. if we watched it with Colin though. I remember basically nothing about robots other than Mel Brooks and Robin Williams are in it. Um I think is it is Elijah with the main <laughs> robot too? Is he like the main guy? Oh, <laughs> maybe. He might be. Yeah, he might be. I don't know. Like Robots is one of those movies that definitely like I think I really wanted to see it when it came out. I was like 12. And uh, I was probably yeah. just like, yeah, robots, Robin Williams, let's do this. And then, you know, I, I think I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it like on DVD or something on a school bus like <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of movie. It is that. Absolutely. kind of Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I remember nothing about the plot of that movie. I think I might have even had like I think my brother might have had like the novelization of robots. So it was like in my house. <laughs> it was like <laughs> in my house somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. So the, I was robots adjacent, but I, I wouldn't call myself like a robots fan. <laughs> by any means okay. uh but uh spoiler robots did not make my top five mel brooks movies uh unfortunately uh so mike we'll start with you what is your number five mel brooks movie of all time
2: uh so my number five movie so there's there's a couple there at the uh you know the bottom of the list for me that i wish i had gotten to re-watch so i, I tweeted out this picture that i have the mel brooks collection yes uh which is a dvd set with you know I think uh, it's probably 10 of the 12 movies he made, he directed or something like that, uh, or maybe nine of them. Uh, and there's a couple yeah. not in there, so I didn't get to rewatch this one, but I still feel like on a nostalgia level, uh, that number five is Spaceballs.
1: Careful, you idiot! I said across her nose, not op it! Sorry, sir. I'm doing my best. Who made that man a gunner? I did, sir. He's my cousin. Who is he? He's an asshole, sir.
0: I know that.
1: What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole, Major Asshole. And his cousin? He's an asshole, too, sir. Gunners made first class Philip Asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing, assholes!
2: Yes, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, like, how do I feel about. You know, Robin Hood Men in Tights being at the Vada at number five, uh, you know, our stuff like that. Uh, But I felt like just on a on a nostalgia level Spaceballs hits for me, Uh, you know, Pizza the Hut. And just I watched I watched literally I scanned past it. ten, Ten seconds of it. Uh, on you know fucking who knows what channel it was on because uh, yeah. it's on somewhere all the time and it's the bit where uh, I can't I don't remember any of the characters but Joan Rivers <laughs> as the not two three female as a
0: Dot Matrix I
2: believe is her name Dot Matrix <laughs> uh, is talking to the princess and the princess takes the buns off because they're headphones yep uh, like just that like that was it I laughed and I was like ah oh, space balls and I changed the channel uh, like, you know, so, like it's just the, the a great perfect distillation in this the whole spoof about the whole thing, making fun of the merchandising uh, and just constantly hitting that home. Uh, It's great. I love Spaceballs. Love it. He's his own best friend.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Uh, Spaceballs is awesome. I think it has a reputation as being like, I think, like, real, like, hardcore Mel Brooks fans are like the people who were like around in the 70s for like Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles. I think they look at movies like Spaceballs or Men in Tights and then they're like, oh, this is where he kind of lost his way or whatever. They're like sold you know, out, got a little goofier, got more for kids or whatever. Man, fuck that. Spaceballs rocks. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a movie that like my friends and I like that is, Spaceballs was like the first it wasn't the first Mel Brooks movie I saw, but it was the first one I was obsessed with um, because yeah. because like I think I think I was in like second or third grade, and a friend of mine was like, "Hey man, have you ever seen Spaceballs?" And I was like. No, I don't know what that is, but it sounds dirty, so I'm in. Like, because I was like eight years I'm old. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, "Okay, so you know Star Wars?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I love Star Wars. This is like Star Wars, but it's funny." And I was like, "What?" And <laughs> <laughs> that's allowed. Yeah, it completely shattered my mind. And uh, so I mentioned it to I think my dad, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Spaceballs is great." And so I think he went out and like rented it in Blockbuster, uh, so so I could watch it. Uh, and we had like a family Amazing. movie night in Spaceballs when I was eight years old, which is not like the most family appropriate movie you know it's (laughs) there's i mean there's it's a rated pg it is a pg rated movie but there's (laughs) there's a lot of cursing and stuff and you know a lot of people like you know people saying shit and asshole and all these things but it was like the perfect combination of like that stupid potty humor and my love of star wars just like combined into one magical thing. And it's it's still a movie that uh, my friends and I quote all the time. Like it's, you know, actually last week I was having like a path. I I have like a weekly Pathfinder game with a few of our college buddies. And during the game, like somebody made like a Spaceballs reference. And then we spent the next like three minutes just like doing Spaceballs quotes (laughs) to each other. I do it. I'm surrounded uh, by assholes. Yes, exactly. I mean, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Like, come on. One of the best. It's great. Uh, <laughs> so Spaceballs might show up on my list a little bit later, but my number five, this might be a hot take because of how low it is in the list. Uh, my number five Mel Brooks movie of all time is Blazing Saddles from
1: 1974. Wow. Gentlemen, this bill will be a giant step forward in the treatment of the insane gambler. Yes, bravo. bravo. Thank you, thank you, Hedy, Thank you. It's not Hedy, It's Headley. Headley Lamar. The hell are you worried about? This is 1874. You'll be able to sue her. <laughs> mm. Just sign right yes, here, thank sir. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. It's, it's, it's. All right, help me in with this, help me in with this, help me, me in with this. think of your secretary. That right. oh, was oh, a very good suggestion. Yes, All right, Thank sir. you. All right. Okay, is that it? Anything else? Just a search and telegram for Rockbridge that arrived last Friday. Last Friday? Read it, read it! You wild bitch. Sheriff murdered, church meeting bombed, reign of terror must cease. Send your sheriff immediately. Holy underwear! Sheriff murdered, innocent women and children blown to bits? We've got to protect our phony baloney job, gentlemen. We must do something about this immediately. Immediately, immediately. Harumph, 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 harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. the Governor, harumph, harumph.
0: <laughs> number five. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is like, this is a movie that a lot of people consider their their number one Mel Brooks movie, or like their number two. Like it's a it's a top tier Mel Brooks movie. It's considered that way. Uh, and it's great. I like Blazing Saddles a lot, but I, I think it wasn't like, it wasn't one of those Mel Brooks movies I was in the rotation a lot when I was a kid. And so I have less of an attachment to it, I think uh, because yeah. because this one is like, I think a lot more inappropriate than the other ones too. So it was like, I had to be a little bit older <laughs> to be, to be allowed to watch it uh, for the first time. And then when I finally saw it, I was maybe like 15 and I think I really liked about like half of the movie. And I found the other half to be kind of a drag, but like the half that I liked was really good. Uh, and then I've come back to it. I've come back around on it since then. And I still really enjoy the movie, um, but it just doesn't have that same, like, like I love this with all of my heart and soul basically yeah but i recognize uh, it for just like how well crafted and like how funny and like how kind of crazy it was this movie even exists uh so i appreciate it for that reason but uh, but yeah it's my number five what were we gonna say mike
2: uh this is the movie that the person who thinks the, that colin's friend thinks the end completely ruins the entire movie really and i don't know how you could think that a pie fight spilling out into the actual real world warner brothers studio <laughs> ruins this movie i don't understand (laughs) (laughs) is it Uh, warner
0: brothers i don't even know uh probably not something Uh, like that but uh yeah i i'm with you mike because that is like that's the part that's the best part of the movie i don't know (laughs) why absolutely yes (laughs) okay good I'm glad. I mean there's there's a lot of great memorable lines and Gene Wilder's great in it and all this stuff, but like that whole the whole insanity around that stuff where it goes into the like the back lot of the studio, the the, the musical they're making the French mistake, it's the best. It's so <laughs> <Yeah>. funny.
2: <laughs> I mean we we were talking about um you know I, I don't remember if if Colin said the exact reason that this person thinks that. Uh, but we were talking about like the movie the opening credits break like everything in mel brooks break the fourth wall like he rides past the band playing the opening theme and (laughs) i fives it count basie i think is the band leader um hilarious amazing so yeah i don't know how you could think the end of this movie is bad
0: yeah that is uh that is insane especially i mean if you're watching a mel brooks movie you should just expect things to break the fourth wall i feel like (laughs) you know it's just something that happens a lot (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't remember if that's the reason exactly why but uh wild Still. yeah wild. that is a it's wilder gene wilder who stars in blazing saddles Gene Wilder, the <laughs> common play of the new west <laughs> uh but yeah so blazing saddles is my number five i'm guessing it might pop up again on your list mike uh so i'll let you uh talk about it a little yes, bit later on yeah. uh because they come back i think that's, that's one that we uh i think after a brew fest or something at my place we ended up because i also have the mel brooks collection on blu-ray uh because uh Ooh. yeah i think you have the dvd set or something like that right is it a dvd set? yeah
2: i can't believe i was watching it and i was like this is the first dvd i've actively watched in like 10
0: years <laughs> if it's not a vinegar syndrome blu-ray i'm not watching it <laughs> i don't want nothing pigs or nothing <laughs> Uh, but I bought the Blu-ray set. I think I bought it like a, it was there was like a sale or something like that. I got it for like fifteen bucks in an Amazon, uh, and it is like you know I, I think it's probably the same movies that are in that set. It's probably it's pretty much every major Mel Brooks movie except for the producers. Uh, like every, every yeah, everything. producers and Spaceballs are was, not in there. Spaceballs is in mine. I have Spaceballs in my in my set. Uh, I also I also have Spaceballs on DVD, so I was glad to get the set because my DVD kind of skips now because I watched it so many times when <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> uh, so now I have it on Blu Ray and it's nice and pristine. It's in my Mel Brooks collection alongside almost every other Mel Brooks movie, so I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, but yeah, so I I think we watched Blazing Saddles after like a brew fest at my house. Uh, like I think I think we had gotten home and it was like. I think we watched like three or four movies in a row after we were already drunk from the (laughs) Brewfest for whatever reason. We did, we definitely did. And Blazing Saddles was one of them. And uh, yeah, I I I think it's the movie that kept you awake, actually, because at that point, it was like the third movie (laughs) we watched. And I was like, how do I keep my show awake right now? I'm putting on Blazing Saddles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Blazing Saddles, that's the one. So that is uh, my number five, it's Blazing Saddles. Mike's number five was Spaceballs. Mike, what is your number four Mel Brooks movie of all time? Um, my number four movie, I feel like this may be my hot
2: take for how low on the, on the list that is, uh, and that's Young Frankenstein.
1: Good. 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 Oh. What is oh. it? What's the matter? Wait, give him the... Give him the watch. What? Give him the watch. <gasps> Three syllables. First syllable. Sounds like... Head. Uh, sounds like head. Bed. Uh, said. 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 Second syllable. Little uh, bird. Uh. <gasps> oh, oh. Said, uh... Said, uh... Dirty word. He said a dirty word. Oh, sounds, sounds like... like... Give, set, give, Seda! Uh, give, God. give him a Seda! Uh, give. Oh, give, give, cider, give. On the nosy. Oh. Yeah, I mean
2: this was a movie I hadn't seen in a long time and I rewatched it this weekend and it is still I mean like so here's the thing. We're basically splitting uh one A, one B, one C, right. one D and one, like these are all perfect movies. Um yeah. <laughs> like I'm not saying Young Frankenstein isn't perfect. It absolutely is. And even much like you you referenced that you you were playing uh pathfinder i was playing D with some of my friends this weekend like literally on friday and uh we made the like oh walk this way joke and then we all <laughs> went down the stairs this like we like we did the thing it is you know yeah uh, <laughs> and ni- nice grouping um yeah i mean great is this perfect movie you know gene wilder is absolutely amazing marty feldman absolutely amazing as Igor or Igor or whatever. Um, and the hump switching sides. Right. It's just perfect. But I, in, in my rewatch, um, I felt like I didn't like I mean, I'm alone, which, you know, watching these movies alone, which always makes comedies like a little less funny in general. But mm. there are some of the other ones in my rewatch that I like actively laughed harder at uh, this weekend uh, than I did for Young Frankenstein. So I, it, it bumped down it, like I had written in my list. Uh, before rewatching anything, and I bumped it down a couple slots after my rewatch where I was actively like laughing harder at some of the other ones. <laughs> right. um, so... There. That's Young Frankenstein at number four.
0: All right, yeah, I uh, I love Young Frankenstein, uh, and I will talk more about it later, probably. But uh, yeah, number four. I mean, number four. I mean, again, like you're saying, it is like one A, one B, one C. Last time I saw Young Frankenstein uh, was on a, a 35 millimeter print at the Roxy, which is the indie theater near my house in Missoula, Montana. Uh, it was a packed crowd, completely sold out. Uh, it was like right around Halloween, and uh, it was transcendent. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, What an experience. Yeah, that was a a great way to see the movie. So if you've never seen a Mel Brooks movie with a crowd, which I guess that might be the only one I have uh, now that I think about it, like I like every other Mel Brooks movie has been like with friends at home or whatever, you know, at a a friend's house. Like like Mel Brooks's last movie as a director was uh, was Dracula dead and loving it. Uh, which was like 93 or 95 or something like that. So uh, it's been a while since like Mel Brooks actually made a movie that he I mean, he starred in movies and he's like made cameos and things like that. Uh, but he pretty much stopped making like his own comedies, uh, like around the time we were born, uh, which is unfortunate. But we caught up with it on DVD and fell in love with him anyway.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting like that. Like it's it's such a weird uh Nostalgia thing for nostalgia 40 years before we were born. Um, you know, it's like our parents' yeah. nostalgia. Because uh, a lot of these movies, like you said, are not like particularly family friendly yet. My parents were like, oh, you got to see this. Yeah. Like, I know you're I know you're 11, but you got to own Blazing Saddles. So was like,
0: OK, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this, there's a lot of like inappropriate humor and stuff, but they are just they were rated PG. And like everybody saw yeah. them and they became like a thing where like they were just available to watch, uh, which was great. But yeah, so Young Frankenstein is your number four, Mike. Uh, yes. And then my number four is your number five. It is Spaceballs from
1: 1987. But yogurt, what is this? What is it that you do here? Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up the store. <laughs> <laughs> Come, walk this way. Take a look. We put the picture's name on everything. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. Spaceballs, the t-shirt. Spaceballs, the coloring book. Spaceballs, the lunchbox. Spaceballs, the breakfast cereal. Spaceballs, the flamethrower. The kids love this one. Last but not least, Spaceballs, the doll, me. May the Schwartz be
0: with you. And like I mentioned before, Spaceballs is like the first Mel Brooks movie I was obsessed with, uh, watched it over and over again. I bought like I had the DVD and basically burned that thing out. Uh, yeah. It is a movie that I've watched many, many times. And it's something that like I've used to bond with people. I feel like like it's something that like I-, I think everybody, especially if you were into Star Wars, like you saw Spaceballs at some point and then you got really into it. And then just like people I would meet in high school, we would do like, oh, he's an asshole, too, sir. And you yeah. know, <laughs> like what, what part is this? This is now. <laughs> but when will then be now? soon
2: you just missed it um i mean (laughs) even down to like the salute that eventually just turns into like the fuck you thing like yes incredible amazing (laughs) it's uh, it's so good
0: Uh, i still use uh what's the matter colonel sanders chicken (laughs) all the time it's the best
2: i mean and we're we're, we would be remiss uh to not mention the comb the desert oh of uh, course the visual gag (laughs) um which I saw going around, there was like a thing about like that being the best visual gag of all
0: time on Twitter or something like that recently. I, yeah, I think Netflix. Um, I think it's streaming on Netflix right now, and Netflix tweeted out that picture. Is like, is this the best visual gag of all time or something like that? You know, how, like Netflix likes to try to cater to film Twitter, and then film Twitter dunks on them for trying. Uh, yeah, it's basically that. <laughs> I
2: mean, and even I mean that is a t- top tier uh, sight gag. But in in yeah. some of these other movies, there were some that I was like, I think this might be better than than Kobe like, in the, Kobe the, desert. the desert.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean Kobe was great but i think there's even stuff within Spaceballs that is better i think you know jamming the satellite and it's literal jam uh, is, is, a, is a great is a great sidekick. <laughs> there's only, only one man star. yeah only one man would give me strawberry or i think it's raspberry it might uh, be raspberry yeah but uh and also i mean you got bill pullman in the lead role as lone star and he's awesome in the movie i think he yeah. does he does a really great job because it is like you know, it's a parody of Star Wars in like the lucid sense. It's like taking elements of Star Wars and Bill Fomans like a combination of both Luke Skywalker and Han Solo uh, in the movie. And he does both like really, really well. Uh, but then it's also doing like a Wizard of Oz parody and it's doing like all these different like fairy tale parodies and, and things like that. It, the uh, the alien scene is one of the funniest things I've ever <laughs> seen. They, the scene <laughs> where they actually get John Hurt in the movie. It's like him again. <laughs> and they're at the diner and like the thing starts popping out of his chest and he's yeah. like oh no not again and then it's the small alien and it starts doing the Michigan J frog dance like on the table it's it's the best it's hashtag cinema <laughs> you know it's it's uh you know it's just stuff yes. that I was obsessed with when I was a kid and uh love that so yeah Spaceballs from 1987 uh it is a uh, you know an under I think an underrated movie like it's it's weird because it's like a beloved movie I think among like our generation but I think it wasn't seen as that for a long time and now people have kind of come around to being like yes baseball's good movie really great stuff
2: yeah i i think uh i think it's pretty fun that john hurt might come up again later on depending yes. on uh what <laughs> how this list goes uh but yeah i agree that that it's it's funny that that's sort of like our mel brooks movie like even though we it's not real. I don't even know if we were born yet. Um, it's like,
0: when did that come out? 92? Uh, that was eight, 87 is when it came out. Oh my uh, God. That, that was like a couple of years before we were born, but it is like, I think the last, I mean, I like men in tights also, but space is is like the last truly great Mel Brooks movie. I think, uh, Yeah. Like Tights is very I haven't seen Men in years. Like it was just not a movie I was as into, I think, because I wasn't because I wasn't a big Robin Hood kid. I was a Star Wars kid, you know, so Spaceballs just like (laughs) latched on to me more, I think. Uh, But I think Spaceballs like hit with our generation specifically because we were people who grew up watching the Star Wars trilogy on video and DVD and stuff like that. And then once you enter Spaceballs into the rotation, it's like, hey, this is just like Star Wars, but it's making fun of it. And it's like being it might be. I mean, Star Wars, I'm sure, had been parodied before then. But like the Internet didn't exist then, you know, like there was no yeah. <laughs> there was no Internet. It wasn't like as frequently thing. And it was and it was such a behemoth of a pop culture icon. And Spaceballs came out like four years after Return of the Jedi. So it was all, it almost came out like a little bit too late to like get in and like, oh, let's parody the hot new thing with Star Wars. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and that also might be why it was not maybe as well received as some of Mel Brooks' other movies at the time. Uh, but I think now just like having it just be out and like just people watching it along with the original Star Wars trilogy. I think that's sort of how it became a bigger classic in the Mel Brooks oeuvre. And it is one of his most like enduring movies. There was a Spaceballs TV show a few years back. Uh, if you recall <laughs> that. Uh, what? I, oh man, I was obsessed with I was obsessed with the idea of this TV show. The show was very bad, but I was obsessed with the idea of it. Uh, it was Spaceballs, the animated series. It aired on G4, uh, which wow. is which is coming back, by the way. I don't know if you saw I that. Saw news. It. I <laughs> just, did. Fucking wild. I'm very excited about that. Bringing back X-Play and stuff. Uh, But Spaceballs the animated series was what it sounds like. It was an animated series of Spaceballs. Mel Brooks did a voice in it. He did he did yogurt uh, in, in the show. Uh, And it was just like basically parodying like a different sci-fi movie every episode. But like with using the characters in Spaceballs, Uh, the show was not very good, uh, but I was like really obsessed with it because I, because they had been, there's been rumors about it for a long time. Everybody wanted to hear about Spaceballs too. the search for more money. They wanted that to be like a real movie. Uh, Right. And and then, uh, you know, they finally decided they're going to do this animated series and there was a lot of hype around it. Uh, And then it just kind of came and went without any fanfare. But, uh, Mm -hmm. but I watched it. I watched that show. When it was on TV. At least somebody uh, did. Yeah, I was the guy who watched Spaceballs animated series (laughs) and was like, man, this isn't as good as I hoped it would be, but I'm still going to watch it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so Spaceballs, my number four Mel Brooks movie of all time. Uh, So, Mike, let's move on. What is your number three? My number three movie. uh,
2: This was actually the one that when we were having this discussion in our group chat with with uh, all of our friends, uh, this was my gut check. Number one. Uh, really, and I was like, "This is this is it." And then on my rewatch, uh, like I said, kind of with uh, Young Frankenstein, some of the other ones, I just was like actively laughing harder during. And I was yeah. like, "Okay, maybe I should rearrange some of these." Uh, and that is high anxiety. The eminent Dr.
1: like it's a great day here at the institute for the very, very nervous. May I say that we've been looking forward with much anticipation to your arrival? Oh, allow me to introduce myself. I am Dr. Charles Montague. I was in charge here until you showed up. Ah, Oh, uh, allow me to introduce Nurse Diesel, my right-hand man, woman. Dr. Thorndike, how do you do? Charlotte Diesel. I have left a complete medical file of everyone in the Institute here in your room. I'm sure you'll want to rest a bit and freshen up before you meet the rest of the staff. Dinner is served promptly at eight in the private dining room. Those who are tardy do not get fruit cups. Well, Doctor Thorndike, may I say Charles, goodbye. Do you see what I mean? What I'm trying to tell Michael- you. Is- goodbye.
2: And uh this is the the uh you know Hitchcock send-up with uh, uh I would say Goldblum. Oh my gosh. This is what happens when we record these movies, uh, these podcasts all back to back. Um and it's so hot in here. Um,
0: right. It is a thousand degrees in my in my room right now, by the way.
2: Yes. At least. Um yeah so this uh, this has Mel Brooks playing uh Dr. Thorndike a, a psychiatrist you know gets roped in uh framed in a murder plot and he gets roped in to, you know Hitchcock it's Hitchcock stuff they eat sure. it yeah um and this one I think might be, I said number one because one, I love originally my number one because, you know, I love Hitchcock stuff. That is a, a like spoof genre type thing that like I'm much more interested in just on like a base level. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is also the nostalgia one the most. I think this might have been the first Mel Brooks movie my parents introduced me to because I think this is really? their favorite. Interesting. Yeah, because they like they sing the Hang anxiety song to each other like, hi, Aang. <laughs> Ziety. like they do that to each other and stuff like that still like now um yeah, this so, is like, so much of uh. right it really does um yeah it's there's kind of just more in the the decrucio house oeuvre uh right <laughs> um so i was like hell yes this is the one and then I found rewatch like there are very funny moments uh like this has one of my favorite or a couple of my favorite fourth wall breaks when <laughs> brophy well and and the the i got it i got it I ain't got it. Like we still, we, we still do that as a family all the time. Anytime we yeah. pick anything heavy up, but he's, you know, picks up Thorndike and they're driving from the, uh, the airport. And he says like, I think there's foul play. And then like, there's the big musical sting and he looks out the window and there's a marching band or a band going by in a bus. Like incredible. 10 out of 10 yeah. and just uh cloris leachman being the like nazi dominatrix nurse diesel thing uh, right. with oh i was gonna say hedley lamar but that's not his actual real name that's his name from blazing saddles uh harvey Corman. you're thinking of harvey uh, Korman? Harvey Corbin. there we yeah, go yeah. harvey Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean great it's great i just love this and like i said it's that specific genre of like the the suspense thriller that i love on top of all the silly stuff uh, so that's that's
0: high anxiety. Nice, yeah. High anxiety is a movie that um, I like. High anxiety a lot, uh, but I only saw it the one time. I never like really went back oh, and watched man. it a lot. Uh, so I saw it the one time when I was maybe like 15. Uh, so I had only seen like a couple of Hitchcock movies at that point, too. Uh, so I still thought it was very funny. But I know if I watch it now, I'm probably going to love it. Like, because, yeah. <laughs> I've, because I've seen so many more Hitchcock movies, especially since. Uh, and I especially went through like a huge Hitchcock kick, like my senior year of college. And I'm just watching like a ton of them over like, you know, just kind of going through a lot of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so now I'm sure like I have high anxiety on Blu-ray. It's part of my collection. And I've never really just gone back and watched it. I want to rewatch it one of these days, but uh, unfortunately didn't make my top five uh, for that reason. I, I think because I, just, I haven't seen it in forever. I also don't think it's like, I, I don't hear it talked about as much as like a lot of the other Mel Brooks movies. I feel like, yeah,
2: I think it's a, a particularly underrated one, especially like you said, in, in, in contrast to some of the like, you know, young Frankenstein and Spaceballs and some of the stuff, blazing saddles that come up like all the time. Like if you mention Mel Brooks, those are the ones people talk about. Uh, but I think I think High Anxiety deserves some more recognition. So I'd, I'd recommend uh, if if you're looking, if you have a f- some free time uh, this weekend,
0: throw in, throw in High Anxiety in the mix. All right, cool. So that's a uh, High Anxiety. Mike's number three Mel Brooks movie of all time. And then my number three is one that I've watched so many times. Uh, I think the first time I saw the Spanish Inquisition sequence. I couldn't stop laughing for like an hour, like it's yeah. <laughs> just see like I just couldn't get the song out of my head. And I like, had daydreams of myself like showing this video to my like AP <laughs> world history class and being like, this is it, guys. We, we got it. We can ace this. We're AP. Done. <laughs> we can ace this AP test. Uh, of course, I'm talking about history of the world. Part one.
1: Let all those who wish to confess their evil ways and to accept and embrace the true church. Convert now or forever burn in hell. For now begins the Inquisition. The Inquisition. Let's, Let's begin. begin. The Inquisition. Look out, sin. We have a mission to convert the Jews. We're going to teach them wrong from right. We're going to help them see the light and make an offer. That they can't refuse That the Jews just can't refuse Confess, Confess Don't be boring Say yes Say yes, say yes. Don't be dull A, A fact You're ignoring It's better to lose your skull cap than your skull Oy, oy, the Inquisition, what a show. The Inquisition, here we go. We know you're wishing that we'd go away. But the Inquisition's here, and it's here to stay. The oh boy. The Inquisition, what joy. The Inquisition, oi, oi. You know,
0: I I think it's weird because I think it is it's partially, I think, kind of uneven. There's like stretch of it stretches of this movie that drag a little bit uh, yeah. by, by its very nature, because it's sort of like an anthology movie, right? You're having like these different sections, like, you know, one section takes place in ancient Rome and one takes place during the French Revolution. And, you know, there's the big Spanish Inquisition sequence and there's like the whole biblical time stuff. And, <laughs> you know, some stuff doesn't hit as much other stuff. But the stuff that hits hits so hard. <laughs> that uh, it's still one of my all time favorite Mel Brooks movies. I mean, this movie is so much fun. I think, uh, you know, I I do enjoy pretty much every section of the movie. Uh, I really, really love the ancient Rome stuff, Uh, but the, the Spanish inquisition sequence, uh, which stars Mel Brooks as Torquemada (laughs) is (laughs) just one of those things where I watched that for the first time and was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. This is, you know, I didn't know movies could do this. Yes. And it's just so like, it's such a bold thing where it's like this huge you know there's this whole like it's, it's all about the Spanish Inquisition which was you know torturing and killing a lot of people uh but it's like this big flashy old Hollywood song and dance musical number and there's uh, like a waterboarding sequence that's also like synchronized swimming uh yeah like while it's happening and oh man it's the best uh history of the Wall, part one I think it is you know again a little bit uneven but the jokes that hit hit so hard where I was like, I, I love this so much and the ending is something I quote all the time where it's just like history of the world part two featuring Hitler on ice <laughs> Jews in space and there's the whole song that goes along with it it's it's great uh and I love you know the beginning parts I think I think the first big laugh of the movie I remember having uh was when Moses comes down with the uh, with the tablets and he's like <laughs> I bring to you these 15 and then he drops one and it breaks <laughs> 10 <laughs> 10 commandments i mean even 30 seconds into the movie where
2: it's like oh first off it's orson wells doing the voiceover which yes is it incredible. is incredible yeah uh where he it's the ape stood on his two feet and became man, and then they start jerking off that's fucking hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and then the title card these
0: are our forefathers yes incredible <laughs> love it so so good, I, and I know this is one you uh, you rewatched over the weekend, right, Mike? Yes, yeah. So stand by;
2: this may show up again. Uh, <laughs> okay. and I'll talk more. I'll talk more about it <laughs> and my experience uh, with
0: History of the World Part One. Nice, yeah. So that's, uh, that's History of the World Part One, which is my uh, number three Mel Brooks movie of all time. Uh, Mike, let's move on. What's your number two? My number two movie,
2: uh, my number two Mel Brooks movie, is Blazing Saddles.
1: Sheriff murdered, crops burned, stores looted people stampeded, and cattle raped. Now the time has come to act, and act fast. I'm leaving. Hey, get back here, you pious. Can they have winter? Ain't no way that nobody's gonna leave this town. Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that going I'm gonna die here. And no an say bushwhacking, horn and crocker crocker is gonna roll my pistol cutter. Now who can argue with that? Uh, Rabbit! I think we're all indebted to Gabby Johnson for clearly stating what needed to be said. I'm particularly glad that these lovely children were here today to hear that speech. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age.
2: Yes, uh, which I think this is another favorite in the uh, Decrucio household oeuvre uh, for my parents. Uh, Yeah. This was one where I remember being a teen... I don't remember how old I was, but I remember being a teenager and randomly getting this for Christmas one year. Like I didn't, I don't think I was aware. Like I had seen, I guess, high anxiety, yeah. uh, but it wasn't like, you know, fully aware as like a film nerd who Mel Brooks was a uh, kind of thing. And my parents were just decided that I, I had, it had, it was time for me to see uh, <laughs> play saddles. <laughs> and they just got me this on DVD one year uh, and watched it, loved it. Incredible. And I think like, you know, everyone kind of talks about like, oh, you know, this could never be made today, which on one level absolutely is true. Um, but yeah. I feel like it's it's they say that because like they're trying to say people are too sensitive. But I right. think what really like we talked about the hunt or you talked about the hunt last week, uh, yes. which I feel like attempts this biting political satire and just utterly fails it. it uh, I don't think anyone is in, as smart as Mel Brooks to be able to pull off a satire of racism the way that this movie does. So I think that's the real reason this could never get made is because no one could ever come close to succeeding the way he does. <laughs> um <laughs> And it's just it's just perfect. These movies are all endlessly quotable. Every single one of these. Uh, yep. We we Mongo Candygram for Mongo. Every D and D session that comes up, <laughs> uh, where every time we fight a boss, we're like, let's try Candygram. Um, <laughs> they're like any uh, Mongo punching the. The, ho- the horse like uh, man just, i love every yeah. every part of this movie any mongo related part especially
0: it sounds like uh, yeah i mean they're yeah. just
2: they're just so like they're so pure you know yes and uh, is p- 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 pawn, just a pawn in the game of life or whatever that quote is
0: yeah mongo um, only pawn in game of yeah. that's one of my favorite yeah. quotes in the movie <laughs> i also i used to quote all the time uh now go do that voodoo <laughs> that, that you voodoo. do so well <laughs>
2: This vest. yeah um excuse me while i lip this out evergreen like that'll never not be funny um yeah i mean it's it's perfect i love this movie even down to the uh we've talked about the the kind of fourth wall break uh pie fight <laughs> spilling out yep. uh into the actual back lot of the studio and then Harvey Corman goes to watch the movie, which is very funny, like that. It comes back in Spaceballs um, where he goes to the premiere and sees the end of the movie happening. And he's like, oh, shit. And he runs out of the theater to join yes. the actual fight. Um,
0: hilarious, like absolutely hilarious. I love yes. this movie. It's the one guy like the one cowboy who's like, piss to you. I'm working for Mel Brooks. And he punches the yeah. guy in the face.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's very funny. I went years like since the first time I saw this movie, year, like until very recently within the last two or three. Yeah. Not understanding the Randolph Scott joke, <laughs> um, not knowing that Randolph Scott was like a long standing, like, B Western movie star yeah. in the 50s. So when they're all like, they take their hats off and they're like, Randolph Scott, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh whatever. Like, that's funny. It's funny on
0: one level, but I don't get why it's funny. Uh, yeah. And now I do, and I appreciate it so much more. I think that happens a lot with these kind of comedies. Um, and I think this happens with the, um, the uh, the Zucker Abraham Zucker comedies too like the airplane and top secret and stuff uh, where yeah. stuff that is like sort of topical when it comes out like and it's like oh this is like referencing a bit of pop culture that like everybody knows during the time this movie comes out but then yeah. forty years later it's still funny but not because you know the pop culture reference but just because it's like a fu- like a funny random thing they do you know yeah <laughs> like the uh, like the bit in airplane. Um, where there's the one woman who's uh like the guy the guy is next to her order like her husband orders a coffee and she's like Tom never drinks coffee at home or whatever that, that whole like thing she looks at the yeah. camera and has that thought that's like a reference to like an old Folgers commercial from like that era <laughs> of like the late 70s <laughs> early 80s uh, which is not something that anybody watching airplane today knows like nobody has seen that now like nobody no. <laughs> watching it for the first time but it's still pretty funny because the way it's implemented into the way like the next thing comes along it's like Tom never d- I, I I completely forget what the uh i forget too but i know what you're talking about uh but yeah so it's just stuff like that where it's like it's this like old pop culture references that is like funny if you know the reference but also it's kind of funny even if you don't know the reference
2: (laughs) yeah i mean just the the dimes like needing like put setting up the toll booth in the middle of the desert slim Pickens in this movie is amazing (sighs) yes and like and even down to the headly heady joke uh with uh, Harvey, harvey corman's character like i didn't understand that at the time it's yeah. still funny uh but then <laughs> you know you're ask your mom and she's like well uh, hedy lamar was a like, actress in the th- 30s or whatever it was <laughs> and i was like oh yeah perfect yeah um, there you go yeah blazing saddles
0: look at that He's Blazing Saddles. jam-packed. He's got a man and his horse to hang, you know? All right. Uh, so Blazing Saddles is Mike's number two. And I guess I can, I know what your number one is now. But I was, super, I, yeah. I, I, fi- I assume Blazing Saddles was like your number one with the bullet, actually. Like, I figured this was like definitely it.
2: I, I think it might have been until I did my rewatch. Uh, okay. And then <laughs> I was like
0: still dying laughing at what my number one is. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, my number two in my Mel Brooks oeuvre uh is i believe his first movie as a director or like second movie uh i believe it's his first let me uh, double check on that real quick because i have his wikipedia page all lined up yeah it's his first movie as a director from 1967 i am talking about the producers you
1: miserable cowardly wretched little caterpillar don't you ever want to become a butterfly don't you want to spread your wings and flap your way to glory you're gonna jump on me huh you're gonna jump on me, I know you're gonna jump on me, like Nero jumped on Papea. Who? Papea, she was his wife and she was unfaithful to him. So he got mad and he jumped on her up and down, up and down, until he squashed her like a bug. Please don't jump on me! I'm not gonna jump on you. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna... Will you get a hold of yourself? Don't touch me, don't touch me! I don't, know. I don't, know. I don't know. No, 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 I no, 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 hate you. I, no, no, no. I'm hysterical. I'm having hysterics. I'm hysterical. I can't stop when I get like this. I can't stop. I'm hysterical. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm wet. I'm wet. I'm hysterical
0: and I'm whack. which is a masterpiece. I mean, this movie's terrific. Gene Wilder's Zero Mustel. Uh, there are two guys who are deciding to produce a play with the intention of making it the worst play ever so they can actually scam their investors for money. That's the entire <laughs> plot of it. And uh, it's great. It's a lot of like just great kind of screwball stuff. And their their dynamic is so good. I think it's less zany than a lot of the other Mel Brooks movies are. Um, I think partially of necessity because it's just like the late sixties and it's tougher to do, like it was tougher to do that because it was a smaller yeah. budget movie and like Mel Brooks, was his first movie ever uh, and that kind of thing or his first film as a director. And then the final act of the movie with the actual play with, when you see springtime for Hitler perform, <laughs> it's one of the most trends, like it's incredible. Uh, and it's uh, another one of those things kind of like blazing saddles where it's like, it's kind of hard to believe this exists, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, And especially given the time period, this is 1967, World War II ended 20 years ago. You know, right. Like the wounds from the Holocaust are still very fresh in the minds of people. And in order to, to do this, and especially I think it's important to know Mel Brooks, obviously Jewish. He's coming at it from a Jewish perspective. Uh, right. And so he's dealt with anti-Semitism and racism and things like that. And he's working that into the comedy. Uh, and the producers was a movie that was nominated. I think it might have even won best screenplay at the Oscars uh, that year. <laughs> or, shit. It was definitely nominated. Uh, and it was one of those things where it's like, man, Like it's it's so rare to see satire this precise done so well. Uh, And Mel Brooks was really, really great at doing that in movies that are completely ridiculous. Uh, and, yeah. And uh, I think that's a really incredible thing. So the producers from 67 is my number two. Uh, I actually I don't think I've seen the entirety of the remake because there's a remake in 2005 with uh, with Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, uh, right. which I've seen like bits of and it seems pretty good, but I've just like never gotten around to watching it. And that's like that's a remake, but it's based on the Broadway musical version of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a, so the movie is a musical, but like the original producer is not a musical. It's just a straight up comedy and uh, works really well. Gene Wilder, Zero Mostel, they're a perfect team together
2: yeah that's the one that i wish i had gotten to see because i've seen it a few times yeah uh or gotten to re-watch sorry i've seen it a few times but it has been 10 years or whatever like most of these movies i haven't like actually fully rewatched in a very long time and it's not in my collection so i didn't i didn't get a chance to take a look at it uh, but yeah. i feel like this is the one that might have upended a lot of my order if i had gotten the chance
0: <laughs> yeah it is a it is a pretty perfect movie so the producers uh my number two on my Mel Brooks list and now we can finally move on and reveal our number one (laughs) Mel Brooks movies of all time and I feel like we can each guess what each other's number ones are uh or or at least I've accurately guessed what yours is I'm sure but uh do you know what mine is I can't
2: remember if you talked about Young Frankenstein yet (laughs) well we'll
0: find out but first
2: let's find
0: (laughs) (laughs) let's get into your number
1: one Mike
2: uh which is History of the World part one of course
1: occupation gladiator. Did you kill last week? No. Did you try to kill last week? Yeah. Now, listen, this is your last week of unemployment insurance. Either you kill somebody next week, or we're going to have to change your status. You got it? Yeah. Signed. Next. Occupation. Stand-up philosopher. What? Stand-up philosopher. I coalesce the vapor of human experience into a viable and logical comprehension. Oh, a bullshit artist. Mm. Did you bullshit last week? No. Did you try to bullshit last week? Yes. Comicus, comicus, comicus. Back in the line, back in the line. He's not in line, he's not in line. He's my agent, Swiftus. Good news, I just got you a job now that you're working you won't be needing this wait a minute that money is mine I'm sorry I'm on my wine break uh
2: yeah this is a movie that I still like I said kind of like with the high anxiety thing uh, where my parents we still actively quote this even till uh a couple of months ago I was furloughed uh, from my job during the quarantine pandemic and yeah. daily my parents would ask me did you bullshit today <laughs> Did you try to bullshit today? And I was like, God damn it! Like while I was claiming unemployment, um, which was one of the funniest bits. In, in, yeah, is in, that, uh, is that the, B.
0: Arthur in that uh, in that scene?
2: I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he said, oh, I'm a stand-up philosopher. Oh, you're a bullshit artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean Gregory Hines in in uh, the first half of this movie in the ancient Rome thing. Like, oh right. my god, I love everything about it. I just love everything about this movie. Um, and uh, the, it's good to be the king. And count de yep. Monet, count the money. Still like daily <laughs> quotes. Like I'm yes. talking all the time. Could just be like say from one room to the other, count de Monet. Like, yeah. and my parents would say, it's "Count the," or we say, "Count the money," and they'll say, "Count de Monet."
0: Um, wait, yeah, wait, I'm waiting for you to reveal that your parents are Mel Brooks and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It turns out your dad, oh yeah, he's Bill Brooks, by the way. He's Bill Brooks, yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, It turns out, which was funny. I didn't know that uh, his son is uh, Max Brooks, author of Little Lord Z and stuff like that. kind of cool uh yeah i I mean i just love history of the world part one the the french revolution stuff kind of drags a little bit i feel like that might be the weakest section um, yeah because like you said the 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 roman thing i mean it's like they go to caesar's palace and it's actually sees like the the casino in las vegas (laughs) uh it's so good uh and then we have the the absolutely incredible like you said the spanish inquisition song uh and then like it's like a half hour of the French Revolution. It's like pretty substantial. It's a little long and drags a little bit, but it's still ultimately very funny. And then it ends yeah. with the fourth wall break with the uh, only a miracle could save us. And then the horse from the <laughs> from the Roman section comes back. And, oh, this yes. is where, um, you know, and then they save at the end of the day. They ride off to the end, like the actual sign. This right. is the end. Uh, but yeah this is where the visual bits are it's during the the Rome section particular there's one where uh they're high, you know they've escaped the uh, Caesar's palace and they're being chased by the soldiers and he's like how can we get out of here the streets crawling with soldiers and then like literally there are soldiers crawling on the street like that's that's the same joke as the come the desert um and it's hilarious and then there's one um Later on, when they, like, escape the city, uh, and they're like, oh, there's a a ship heading to Judea. And they uh, show, like, a wide shot with a ship with El Al on the sail, which is the Israeli airline. That's fucking amazing. (laughs) That's 10 out of 10. Um, And then John Hurt is Jesus in one of the funniest bits uh, in the whole movie with the, uh, you know, Jesus, what? What? Huh? Like they just like <laughs> do that whole thing back and forth? Who's on first? Basically. Uh,
0: yep. <laughs> but I love it. I love Mel Brooks. I love History of the World Part One. Uh, I wish we had gotten the second one. You know? Yeah. I wish. Uh, I mean, I think he never intended to make the second one. I think it, like because the, <laughs> the joke so. is like a historical reference to like a scholar who was writing a history of the world book but died before he finished writing it. So it only became history of the world part one or whatever. Uh, and so Amazing. like that's what the title of the movie is referring to. And so, yeah, at the end, there's like a joke tease for a sequel, uh, which I mean, all those things would have been incredible to see in feature length form. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the best. But <laughs> A Viking funeral. And they all pull their hats <laughs> off and their horns are still there. It's great. Um, yeah. History of the world part one. It is so much fun in a movie that uh, especially me-, me and my friends were obsessed with a lot uh, when I was in high school. Like, I think I went over to a friend's house and we, we probably watched it like on like four or five separate occasions in, in like my friend's basement, yes. uh, which is what we would do. We would get like we would hang out in his basement a lot because it was a good basement, had a big TV, had a lot of movies and video games and stuff, played a lot of rock band down there and we would watch Mel nice. Gross and Kevin Smith movies. And uh, that was our life for four <laughs> years, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. It was, it was good times. But uh, yeah, so History of the World Part 1 is your number one Mel Brooks movie of all time, which is an excellent choice. And then my number one is, uh, you correctly guessed it, Mike, Young Frankenstein from 1974.
1: Now, that brain that you gave me, was it Hans Delbrooks? No. Ah, good. Uh... Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby Normal. Abby Normal. I'm almost sure that was the name. (laughs) Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a a seven-and-a-half-foot-long, fifty-four-inch-wide gorilla? What? Is that what you're telling me? Quick, quick, get up! What? Three syllables, yes?
0: Now, Young Frankenstein, it should note, Mel Brooks came out with Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles in the same year. 1974, which is out of control, absolutely insane. That is a you know Spielberg doing Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year level, like like yeah. out of this world. That's wild. Like two of the best comedies ever made. And Young Frankenstein, I think, is Mel brooks's best movie. It's one that's an opinion I've held for a long time. This is actually the first Mel Brooks movie I ever saw, and wow. it was not it wasn't the first one I became obsessed with because that was Spaceballs. But I saw Young Frankenstein when I was seven at a friend's sleepover. I was at uh, my buddy Jamie's house, and uh, we were there. And, you know, it was like maybe midnight or something. And like his parents had both gone to bed and we were still up and we were seven. And it's like, well, I, I don't know what to do now. Uh, so the TV was on and Young Frankenstein was on. So we just stayed up and watched that. And wow. that was the first time I ever saw Young Frankenstein or any Mel Brooks movie. I think I thought it was a little scary at the time, actually. Because yeah. it was because it is a real Frankenstein movie like that. I think that's the yeah. geni- that's the genius of Young Frankenstein is that it's not just a parody of Frankenstein movies. it is it feels like it fits within the Frankenstein canon. It feels like a real Frankenstein movie to the degree where, you know, it's filmed in black and white. They use a lot of the sets from the original Frankenstein, like the old Universal Monsters movies. Like, that's That's all the real stuff from that movie (laughs) that they're using in the lab and stuff, which is incredible. Uh, Plus, you've got Gene Wilder giving, I think, his best performance as uh, Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, He's (laughs) amazing. Marty Feldman as Igor is great. Cloris Leachman as Frau Blucher, uh, Terry Garr as Inga. And, uh, you know, everybody in this movie is like batting a thousand. uh, And it's the best. Uh, I think this is like just joke for joke his funniest movie I think Peter Boyle is incredible as as the actual Frankenstein monster the, uh, the putting on the Ritz dance number is <laughs> one of the most famous parts of the movie but it's also just so quotable with Cloris Leachman with like the violin going like he was my boyfriend <laughs> Uh, And that kind of thing, and Igor doing abnormal, or uh, I actually think my favorite exchange in the movie is the sedative uh, part where they're (laughs) they're doing the charades bit, and it's like "set a set a give," and just the way G Wilder shouts "set a give."
2: Uh, and then I love the payoff at the end, like at the, you know, a couple minutes later
0: when he starts choking Igor and he starts doing the charades thing. <laughs> like yes. it's fucking amazing. Oh man. It is the best. Uh, so yeah, young Frankenstein, 1974. It is a movie that, uh, I, I have watched many, many times and I will watch many more. Like I said, I saw it in a packed theater at the Roxy, which is the inner theater near my house in Missoula, Montana. That was like late 2018. And, uh, it was just such a great experience watching that, especially on 35 millimeters. The movie looks great. Uh, uh, even today, I think I think it is the best looking Mel Brooks movie. And it just man, it hits everything it tries to do. It is basically a perfect comedy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think I think this and maybe High Anxiety benefit a lot from like specifically spoofing like very cinematic genre, like Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Universal Monster movies, um, like just having all the like cinema uh, f- cinematic like touches that those movies all have uh really just increase this yep yeah and i watched uh when i finished watching this i went on uh youtube i don't know why but i was like i want i wonder if there are like gag reels to these uh and the gag reel for there's like an eight minute gag reel of young frankenstein and it's just all gene wilder breaking they are so fucking <laughs> funny that like he every is him laughing for eight minutes that's uh, great. Yeah, and it's really funny. There's one in particular. I forget exactly which what it is, but there's a bit where uh, after they arrive for the first time, and uh, Frau Blucher like turns around and she's like, "Follow me with the candlestick," and like hits him. Or in the yeah. outtake, she hits him, and Gene and Gene Wilder like starts laughing. And just to see Cloris Leachman like break character and be like, "Oh, Gene, come on!" It's like the <laughs> funniest. It's like the cutest thing, and I love it. Uh, and it's it's very good. I suggest
0: everyone go watch that. Watch that eight minute gag reel <laughs> for Young That's, Frankenstein. For some reason, I started the gag in the movie where uh, they she's like offering him something to drink, and then and, and I was just like Ovaltine, and it's like the funniest <laughs> thing because she's saying Ovaltine in like this dramatic German accent. Or whatever. Yeah, it starts with like brandy and like it slowly <laughs> works down to <laughs> Ovaltine. It's the best. Uh, so yeah, Young Frankenstein, 1974. Uh, I'm throwing it out there as the best Mel Brooks movie. And Mike's choice was History of the World, Part One. Also an excellent choice. Really, you can't go yes. wrong unless you're watching Dracula, Dead and loving it. In which case, yeah, you can go a little wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do you
2: mean, have any uh, runners up, Mike? I mean, I guess like we
0: said, it's kind of. I mean, high one, anxiety with one a. High, Yeah, exactly. I think high anxiety is very good, but I think um, one that is also kind of in that similar boat of underrated Mel Brooks movie is a silent movie from uh, from 1976, I think, Uh, which have you seen silent movie? That's one I've only watched once, uh, but I really enjoyed it when I watched it. Uh, And there is like one joke I distinctly remember loving, uh, which is when um, Marcel Marceau shows up the actual mime uh, and and he has the one line of dialogue in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's entire because <laughs> it, it's an entirely silent movie, and it's about you know Mel Brooks, Dom DeLuise, and maybe Harvey Korman. Uh They're all like you know trying to they're like people who are trying to bring back silent movies, right? But it is, but it is mm-hmm. itself a silent movie, like it, it is like completely silent, just done with like word cards and stuff, uh, yeah. and then. Some, like maybe halfway through the movie they're like okay we have to get marcel marceau he's the greatest mime in the business and they call him up and then he gets the one line of dialogue where he shouts no and then hangs up the phone
2: <laughs> <laughs> no i actually haven't seen a silent movie and the collection has silent movie uh the 12 steps and to be or not to be which are the three movies that i've not seen um okay and I kind of wanted to get a chance to watch them like maybe like you know sleever hit one of these put in number 5 or something but i was this i like i said i hadn't seen a lot of these movies in a long time so like i wanted to like solidify my top 5 like what i knew it was going to be I had to watch the classics first, uh, and I just didn't have enough time <laughs> to go watch yeah. uh, some of the other ones. But yeah, my number six, I guess, like, might have been uh, The Producers, just like okay. I said, like, might have been the one that would have got in there, or Robin Hood Men in Tights, because I do really like that movie, but I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. But I want to highlight uh, a movie that is produced by Mel Brooks, but written and directed by Anne Bancroft, who was his wife, oh, Okay, um, and that is Fatso. you
1: can I have a little more lemon in my hot water, please? Mr. Loppolato, lemon? Uh, no, I'd like a little fresh orange you squeezed in mine, if you got it. Uh, No, sorry. Okay, then, lemon. The Crohn's, they got chocolate-covered orange wedges. The juice just dribbles down your chin. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. Junior, could I have just a drop of honey in this, please? Just a drop. A wedge of the actual fruit is covered with that thick dark chocolate, you know? Oh boy. How'd you write the stuff one that I'm in a down mm, mm, mm. mm-hmm. mm. Get the honey, junior. Give him the honey, junior. It's in the cupboard, Dom. Well get it. What else did they cover with that chocolate? I mean, besides the orange wedges? Grapes, peaches, strawberries. Junior, the honey. Those big, juicy stemmed strawberries are dipped into that dark, dark chocolate. Mm. 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 Get the honey! Get the honey! Oh Tommy, no.
2: Have you ever seen Fatso or heard of I've Fatso? I have
0: not. I actually, I don't think I know this movie, no.
2: Uh, so this star is Dom DeLuise, who is trying to lose weight to date a girl. Like, he's like, you know, because Dom DeLuise is a pretty chubby guy. Uh, yeah. And he's like, I gotta... So he, like, joins this, like, like support group for people trying to lose weight. And the guy that plays uh, Brophy and High Anxiety and the like comedy club booker guy in the first in the roman section of history of the world part one i don't know the actor's name but he's in the like mel brooks stable he's in a lot of these movies. Yeah. Uh, he plays his cousin uh, and it's just very silly and wacky and it's just cool that anne bancroft wrote and directed it and you know mel brooks used his weight and his stable of actors to get it made uh yes. and there's one scene that is a another one in the decretio household quote uh thing uh where the whole thing is you know dom deluise is having this like craving like breakdown because they you know he's ha- on this this serious diet. So he calls the support group over and they come over to like talk him out of this manic thing where he's like, I just want to eat everything. But like they kind of all work each other up and they start talking about like the desserts they miss the most. And it just like escalates slowly or slowly and slowly. Uh and the only thing they're allowed to drink is hot water. Like they can't have tea, they can't have sugar, and they're making the hot water and then they're like maybe let me get a slice of lemon. And it just like starts getting more and more until they like yeah. are ripping the doors off the cabinets and like over <laughs> tearing the lock off the fridge. Um, and there's a scene in line where they like s- telling Junior to get the honey, and it just like slowly escalates till they're like Junior, honey, Junior, get the honey. Uh, and it just that's we say that all the time, like Junior get yeah. the honey. So yeah, look at that, Fatso. One of the, people might not know about it. Check it out; it's nice. pretty good.
0: Nice. Yeah, I've never I really didn't know about that one. So I will uh, try to look into that. Uh, You mentioned to be or not to be also, which is in the collection. I have that, too. Uh, I saw that when I was maybe like 11. And uh, I remember not liking it that much uh, only because it's actually it's not uh, Mel Brooks didn't direct it. He stars in it. Um, and it's oh, a, okay. it's a remake of a screwball comedy from the forties. And from what I understand, the forties one is way better, but the eighties one, it almost like I, it just, it's not in the same vein as like the normal Mel Brooks movie. You know, it's not like, yeah. you know, fourth wall breaking and all that stuff, uh, that I, that I had associated with Mel Brooks movies at the time that I was like super into as an 11 year old. And, you know, it was like mm-hmm. looking for more of that. Uh, so I didn't really love to be or not to be all that much when I saw it, but it did result in one of my favorite Mel Brooks things, which is his Hitler rap. Have you seen that? Uh, from? <laughs> what? It's a- <laughs> uh, it's like no. a rap that he did to promote uh, To Be or Not to Be. And you can watch it on YouTube. I used to watch it all the time. Um, but it's Mel Brooks, like, kind of dressed as Hitler, just, like, rapping about himself.
1: Well, hi there, people. You know me. I used to run a little junk cold, dreaming. I was number one in the people's choice. And everybody listened to my mighty voice. My name is Adolf. The mic i'm gonna hit you to the story of the new third Reich. It all began down in munich town and pretty soon the world started getting around so i said to martin Bormann, i said hey marty why don't we throw a little nazi party so we had an election well kind of sort of before you knew hello new order to all those mothers in the fatherland i said oh too baby i got me a plan I said what you got eight what you gonna do i said how about this one world war
0: To the top. You're making- <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, and it's great. There's one. There's one part where they quote the line from the producer is like, you know, don't be stupid, be a smarty come and join the Nazi party, and that kind of thing, yeah. and <laughs> it's you know all that stuff. So it did. I didn't like the movie that much, but it did result in that, which is a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, there you go. If you uh, <laughs> my my special bonus, my number six, the Hitler rap that Mel Brooks did for, as a bonus for <laughs> to be or not to be,
1: incredible.
0: <laughs> uh but all right so i think that about uh brings us to the end of uh, this week's episode mike we've ranked our mel brooks movies mine was young frankenstein yours was history of the world part one uh i think we had some good lists some good choices here i mean yeah. we, we, we i think we mostly stuck to classics but we threw in a couple like there was and i feel like we had mostly the same movies on our list just in different order except uh, i you, mean, had high, it's... you you had high anxiety and i had the producers that was like the one like kind of swap right. out i feel like <laughs> yeah
2: i mean it's i mean it's kind of I figured that was going to happen, <laughs> unless you yeah. threw a secret silent movie in, or <laughs> the Twelve Steps, or Twelfth Step, or whatever.
0: Right, or the ro- or robots. Of course, uh, robots. Robots of course, is an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neglected. Could have been the elephant, robots. man. Could have gone with the Elephant Man, which he did, <laughs> which famously he produced, but took his name off of uh, before they released it, because he thought uh, the movie was because it's a very serious movie, obviously. Uh, and he thought people would go thinking it was a comedy if his name was on it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think it he's probably. Right. Yeah, probably would have likely happened. I mean, I wanted I went to be or not to be. I was expecting you know, a big, you know, goof fest. And I uh, didn't really get that. So, yeah, that makes sense. Although that might be why John Hurt gets to uh, appear in history, World part one and uh, Spaceballs because he uh, that's true. A little bit on the elephant man. There's the connection there. Uh but all right. So that about brings us to the end of this week's episode of Mike Might Go to the movies. This is a fun choice. Thanks for picking this one. Yeah.
2: It was a nice lighthearted uh romp in the nightmare world of 2020, you know?
0: Exactly. This has made me like as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I might go and watch this as world part one. Like as, yes. like as soon as I go we're watch talking. High Anxiety. I should watch High Anxiety, you're right actually. Uh and then and then I'll reschedule like an emergency podcast so I can like <laughs> replace it in my list somewhere. <laughs> Uh, But we'll get to that later. All right, Mike, uh, that brings us to the end. Where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MDFilmBlog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can find me online at MSmithFilmBlog on Twitter, Mike Smith film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thanks for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can hit us up at go to the Movies at gmail.com. And you can find the rest of our podcasts on Rapture Press alongside the Review Zoo. Nope, alongside the totally original Geek News <laughs> Podcast. Did so good the first time and you were so proud of yourself. I remembered the first time, even though I have not updated the copy and can do so at any time. I, (laughs) I still have not. And when we recorded our Goldblum podcast, I remembered it off the top of my head. Like, oh yeah, totally original geek news podcast. That's the one. And then this week, I was just reading and got carried away. So the, the totally original geek news podcast is the one you can go follow, which is a podcast about all kinds of stuff. So check that out for our next episode. We'll likely be doing some more discussions if we're not reviewing The Last of Us Part Two. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully I can finish the game and we can talk about it. But if not, we'll just be doing some discussions. In the meantime, our Jeff Goldblum podcast is weekly. We just released our episode on Silverado. And on the next one, we'll be talking Jeff Goldblum's role in a Mel Brooks adjacent movie, uh, directed by Rudy DeLuca, who appeared in a lot of Mel Brooks movies, Transylvania 65000, uh, which I have not seen, but we both own the Blu-ray for now, right, Mike? Yes, yeah. Was that shout Factory? I don't even remember. I believe that was a Kino Lorber Blu-ray. Uh that Oh, is. yeah, you're right. Yeah, they that's the one that put out uh, that one. That's a recent release they put out, too, I think. That was kind of a big, like, I think it was uh, Brian Sauer from Pure Cinema Podcast who was tweeting it out being like, this is a great comedy. And everybody else is like, I've never heard of this. Uh, but, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Like a, a nice, like Mel Brooks style comedy starring Jeff Goldblum. Like I'm all in. That that sounds great yeah. to me. Uh, so hopefully that's what it is. And I'm not bringing in like unjust expectations to, to this movie. Uh, but there you go. That's the end of this week's episode of Mike, Mike, go to the movies. We'll see you on the other side. If you're living in a bubble
1: and you haven't got a kiss. then well, you're going to be in trouble because you're going to steal your